Ride Holds is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ride Holds Show Podcast. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Reinhold Show podcast. I always say I have a great guest coming on, but it's really true. I have an amazing guest coming on. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit in jam about real estate. Uh, we're going to also talk about, you know, podcasting and how to get guests and, and those almighty interviews. You know, I just, I get hit up so much about guests coming on the show and some some hit ups are just like amazing where I'm like, okay, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reply back. And then others, I'm like, you're so damn self-serving. Like this is you're trying to hide it by being, you know, not self-serving. But I, I I, I can smell that. I can always smell it. Everybody can. You can smell it right away. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about him and, and, and how he's built his his real estate company, um, how he's also built, you know, kind of a, a small, I would call it like a media company inside of that company that really generates content to help people out. Um, but my next guest is Jazz Takar, based out in the East Coast. Uh, you're based in Toronto, Ontario, Jazz? Right out of Toronto. Buddy. Yeah. Yes. Jazz is an award-winning realtor, forward-thinking leader, cutting-edge entrepreneur. He facilitates over 650 property transactions each year in every asset class with his team that sits comfortably in the top three brokerages in Canada. He's a primary content creator for of REC and the host of REC Experience Podcast, where he dispenses advice for anyone at any stage of professional expertise. Man, welcome to the show. It's, it's our absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan, and thank you for all the content and all the guests that you have, um, because I know you're touching and inspiring a lot of people. Uh, you and I cross paths uh, about a, almost a year ago, this coming August, not sure mm. if you remember, you reached out to me when you saw uh, uh, an interview that I did with Ryan Surhan, and I that do. was probably the first video I ever put out. You don't know it at the time, but you sent me a DM saying, Jasmine, look, I, I, I could tell that you're just getting started. Keep at it. Keep consistent. And just hearing that and seeing that coming from a guy like yourself who's Who's so much? Who is so much more deeper into it? It really meant a lot, and I'm I'm happy to say a year a year later I'm still at it, um, and I'm I'm blessed to be on your podcast, and very very grateful. So thank you for having me on. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It. It's, it's kind of weird because I remember reaching out to you, and then I don't think we ever talked again for like a year, and then all of a sudden you actually reach out to me about the podcast, and I'm like, he looks so familiar, and I'm like, I don't know him, but I'm like, I I, I, I talk to him at some point you know we talk to so many people on a daily basis i'm like was that a conference and i'm like no 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 so I, you know i go in i'm like oh my god this is like a this is a blast from the past i'm like this is great that being said i mean you reached out said hey ryan i'd like to come on your podcast what what was it like you know you do get a lot of people that say hey man i want to come on your podcast there's other people that i say hey i'd love to come on your podcast there's there's something that about their content that resonates it's you know, I like people that I feel are being extremely transparent. I want them to show their good days, their bad days, their in-between days. I love people that show their families and their personal side a bit because, you know, everybody's on the gram trying to live their best life. I'm living my real life, you know, and if you look at my stories, I don't, you know, people are like, wow, Ryan, like that's really you when I meet you. And I'm like, do you know how hard it would be 10 years from now to keep up a fake life? Like you're, you're it's not going to end well for you. You know what I mean? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a private person, you know, to the contrary of many people, because, you know, with my family, I don't show everything. There's lots that's just for us. But 
I like people who don't know me to really get a sense of what my priorities are in my life. And um, and I like to try to learn what their priorities are in their life. So what made you reach out? Uh, you did mention about, you know, the year ago, but what is it about the podcast that really said, you know, I want to I want to give you I want to give this guy some of my time. First and foremost, your energy. Um, I see. I do see your stories um, on you know on a daily basis. I see all, all the the content that you push out, and it was first and foremost was just the energy. I was like, I just want to be around this guy. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I know he's out in Alberta and BC, and I'm out in Toronto. So the chances of us meeting face to face in the in the short term is going to be tough. But um, even if I could just be in his presence on on a Skype call like this uh it's it's exactly what i wanted to do man like your energy was awesome and then when you do some digging i I mean i think that's that's again the first and foremost is seeing the energy and and feeling it then when i started digging and seeing your your community like you comment like when someone leaves a comment on yours you reply back and you you, somebody dms you you're busy like you can tell in your your stories how busy you are with the family and and and, and all you do with in terms of content and and your day job yeah. and for you to reply back that means a lot man and so i think if more people can do that and anybody listening and watching something as simple as even like a thanks appreciate mm. the feedback appreciate the support a little fist pump you know uh, uh an emoji go not necessarily poop emojis or anything but there's <laughs> there's some emojis that you can you can use just to let the other person on the other side know that you heard them and and that's something that you've always done ryan and, and so that means a lot and it's I, and i really want to get onto your podcast because i'm hoping in the hopes that i can bring value to even one of your viewers or listeners out of the thousands and thousands that Absolutely. you have going into the hundreds of thousands because i know like your reach is very far and mm. i'm just looking to touch one person man there might be someone that says, you know what, what Jazz said or what he does, they can make use of it. And I'm going to build it brick by brick and day by day. Well, you said one thing, you know, that really stands out is the replying to comments. And I even I get like, you know, I, I go out, I like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is kind of probably I would say almost my second platform that I really enjoy. And people will, you know, LinkedIn, the sophistication of the type of comments you get is absolutely amazing. People are writing paragraphs back to you. And I always think like. It's almost the equivalent of me if somebody like takes the time to come and meet me and then they're like, hey, Ryan, I just turn my back and walk out of the room. Like it's it's one of the most rudest things, disrespectful things you could ever do to somebody. And for somebody, even if it's like, you know, and you see some of the comments, I get people that leave genuine comments. Some people are like, yo, man, that's cool. Thumbs up, prayer hands, whatever. But there's people that go into a story and I'm like, I social media for me is all about engaging, interacting and really trying to build you know, that rapport with people. And when I create this podcast, you know, it's really deep to my heart because I said, you know, there's, I don't know, 767,000 podcasts or something like that out there worldwide. Uh, wow. You know, the, the percentage of them failing is extremely high, but I said, no, I'm going to create something that's really real. That's really grassroots. Um, you know, we want a good production quality, but I didn't want it to be over the top because I feel that, you know, it's still, it goes way too far. And if somebody messages me or texts me, they're like, oh, my God, man, this guy emailed me back. I'm like, it's me. It's not my assistant. So I tell my wife all the time when I make a post on social media, I got to sit around my phone for 30 to 60 minutes and actually start responding back. So there's sometimes I just don't post because I'm like, I I just don't have the time to to respond to the comments. That being said, man, everything you said was absolutely amazing. Uh, When you reach that, Ryan, Ryan, really quickly to that. Yeah, yeah. 
listening thinking what you do and what I do in terms of posting and, and putting out content is 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 easy. And and what a lot of people don't know is that point that you made that you sit around afterwards, mm, 30, mm. 60 minutes to make sure that you get back to everyone. Yes. Like that that takes work. Yes. And, and it takes commitment and you're my, consistent. My, my fingers hurt, man. My fingers hurt. <laughs> I, I, you know, all this, all this talk about automation and, and artificial intelligence. I don't know. My fingers don't feel that right now. They hurt, but you're, you're very right about that. I think it's a great topic, but I, I kind of go back to the, to the thing. And I'm really passionate about this. I have this book over here called the laws of human nature by Robert green up there. And it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. books because it talks, it centers around ego and, you know, I don't have any ego. I really don't. I think we all possess it to some degree, but man, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just a dude. You know, I have a, I come from extremely humble beginnings. You know, I, I built everything that I have and own. I've literally built for it. I've worked my ass off for it. And it's, it's, I'm just kind of, I, I love my life, you know, and I, I made hard sacrifices. There's that one quote that says hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. I made the hard choices, you know, and everybody, you know, when you don't make those hard choices, whether it's when you're 25, 35, 45, 55, it's funny how those hard choices, they're still in your face. They never go away until you walk through them. Once you walk through them, and I always say this, it's only until you live your full self on purpose that life really gets great. It's only when that vulnerability really comes out that that's where the impact starts to happen. And and the more experience you get, and the older that 100. you get, I'm, you, I'm sure you can attest to Ryan where you, you come across new challenges. But it's like ah, I've done this before. You, you, you're able to go back into the the data bank, so so to speak, in your brain and say, you know what, I've gotten through something like this before, or because this is a new challenge, I know I'm going to come across obstacles. And you know, something I always like to say, and I'm saying it a lot more now, is, are you going to find a way? Or are you going to give up because something got in your way, mm. right? And so, and, and and that that space between the event and the outcome it's your response that's going to determine really what that outcome's going to be um it's a matter of how you're going to respond right if you really want it you know it man it's effortless it looks effortless with what you're doing now right because you really truly are living your passion and 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 you know you're self-aware to know what what kind of tickles your fancy and, mm. and what you're you reverse engineered it and now it looks effortless well it, you know it does and it's it's funny too though is that you know i i had this conversation like my wife is is truly my best friend because 3 30 in the morning we're having our pillow talk you know as kids you're trying to sneak any kind of time you can get uh i wake up earlier in the morning just so i can you know have some peace and quiet in my home and just kind of so you true. know have a coffee sit down and just enjoy like you know and then once you know boom the kids hit that's it but that being said, I think, you know, it's it's funny. Like, I I was just having the conversation the other day with her, and I said, I got to step up my game. Like, I haven't done, I, I feel like I've done nothing, truthfully. And it's that, you know, satiability where, you know, and, and I do sometimes, like, looking at the phone and looking at other, what other people are doing because I'm like, holy crap. Like, you thought you were doing something. Look at this next person. And I can tell authentic between faking it, you know, and you're just like, it's inspiring, you know, and some people look at that and they get, you know, they become a hater or they get, you know, kind of pushed down by it. I kind of look at it like, 
well, this dude or this girl has the same 24 hours in the day that I do. They got four kids. What? Like, don't make the excuse. They're doing it still too, right? And you're, you know, you need to, to really craft that apart. That being said, when I when I dig into you, when you reached out, the content that you're putting around the real estate business, I think is extremely important. I think it's extremely smart Thank because, you. you know, a lot of people who are realtors out there, you know, nobody wants to just chill with a realtor sometimes. Like as soon as you give them their, your number, all, all of a sudden they're blowing up your phone, they're stalking you. You've done a really great organic content strategy that says, you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting to know this guy. He's giving up so much value up front that maybe you want to do business and people out there that say, oh, my God, Jazzy, you know, this is awesome. I see these cool YouTube videos and Gary Vaynerchuk and the Empathy Wines and all that. I, I always think I'm like, do these people understand the strategy behind this? Yes, it's authentic and that's, that's no problem. But, you know, in your head, yo, this is the way we're going to actually accrue new business down the road. We need to give that value up front. We need people to say, oh, my God, who is that guy? Who is that team? And it's also that, you know, I'm not a realtor, but if I go to a listing appointment says, and somebody says, hey, Ryan, why should I pick you to list my house? Well, let me play tape eight, sir. Let me play all these things for you. And they're like, and by the time that even happens, they're already pre-sold because they've already done a little digital deep dive on you. So it's making that, you know, that sale, quote unquote, a lot easier, man. So much easier. Like I, I, I tell my team. So I have a team of 32 realtors with my business partner Simeon, and uh, you know we talk to them on a daily basis. And I always say, look, guys, make it easy for people to buy from you. Don't sell. Like, mm, mm. and I know you go into a store. I go into a store. I hate being pushed to buy a pair of hundred, hundred and fifty dollars shoes. <laughs> I do not have the audacity to push somebody to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, I just don't have. Like, that's not in me. And mm. so what I'm, and what I'm really trying to do, and I'm documenting even the ups and downs of me trying to, trying to <laughs> accomplish the content is. Yeah. I'm going to make it as easy as possible for somebody to use my services. And so, look, anyone can find out how to sell a home online now. You can find out how to invest by yourself. You can find out how to buy a home. Um, you can uh, even legal services, all of that. So the strategy of me saying, you know what, I'm just going to throw it all out there. I'm going to teach people how to buy their own home, knowing that right across the nation of uh, in Canada, only one to 2%, it's probably one and a half percent of people actually sell their own home. So I'm not worried about, call it the 2%. I'm gonna focus on the 98% that always use a realtor. If they like my style, they like the value that I bring up front, great, let's do business. And if not, great, that's okay too. I'm not gonna get everyone. But it's, you know, I feel that it's a lot easier for me to just teach people how to do it on their own. And if they wanna use our service, fantastic. If not, that's okay as well. So why real estate for you? How did you get into it? Is is this a family business? Is this something that you do? Like, how, what was the whole inspiration behind getting into real estate? I love, I do love real estate. I, I do. I love, you know, even the developing aspect of it. I'm, I'm a little kid that way. I love the, when I can see a piece of mud get, you know, all of a sudden dug out, foundation gets put in, you know, everything gets framed up. And it, to me, I think it's a complete art. And a lot of people do, you know, Sometimes you hear those kind of, I call it uneducated little statements about tradespeople. They're like, oh, he's a trades guy. I'm yeah. like, you go build yeah. a house. Go build a house that doesn't fall down right now. You go do that. Yeah. Go go, go build Drizzy Drake's home and tell me that that does yeah. not take some skill to do. Come on. That's right down the street. <laughs> about seven, eight blocks from where I am right now. You know, yeah. So so you know, you know what I mean? So, so what was the inspiration behind it? 
Um, and kind of what what was your journey with that? Are you were you always a business guy growing up? You know, what would your parents yeah, say so, about you as a kid? <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I know. I, uh, most <laughs> my dad and mom would say. Um, so as long as as my, long as you heard that last little, what would your parents say as a kid? I hope you heard that little part. <laughs> I got that. So well. Five years of sales and service experience. I wasn't as much into the mud and stuff that you spoke about. In fact, now I really know myself. I have trouble hanging up shelves and stuff. It's just not who I am. I'm, I'm not built with that. Um, so about 12, 13 years, uh, when I was 12 and 13, I kind of started knowing that you know I'm not going to go very far in school. But I had that in me where I was paper route, mm. you know, getting... Uh, multiple paper routes. And I always wanted to be in sales and service. So the one thing, and I don't really talk about it much, but I had a, I had a hard time in, in high school. I just, I just barely passed it and got, you know, got my diploma. I never went into uh, university or college. Okay. The one thing I really uh, stuck with in high school was the co-op program. Our school was lucky enough to have, like we were lucky enough to have one in our high school. And I got into a retail store mm. and fell in love with it. I fell in love with the, the interaction with clients. So I had it with the paper route and some odd jobs, but not a really a big scale, not meeting 20, 30, 40 people a day. And, mm. and I found that really interesting because those 20, 30, 40 people were all unique in some way. Mm. And I brought the passion and, and I started to know quite early. This was probably when I was 16, 17, that I think I'm going to like this. I, I, I think I'm able to make it easy for people to buy. Even I kind of knew it at that age. Um, and it wasn't, I wasn't being manipulative. I wasn't pushing people. It was, I think they were actually shocked at the fact that I was, always just giving away the information like in that store i was in the footwear department and i wasn't pushy simple mm, mm. and because i started to learn that connection my next job was at cibc mm. as a sales and service specialist was the title so i would be taking inbound phone calls and so ryan would call in and say jazz i want to uh pay this bill and pay that bill just before online banking started like in and around september uh, like in and around uh 2001 and so um i helped people get mortgages and mm. lines of credits and loans and this was done all over the phone learned impeccable phone skills at the bank mm. um which was like a, it was almost like a i think it was about a five to six month training before you were even able to take yes. a phone call then i went into luxury car sales for about three years okay and then at the age of 23 I, I felt that real estate was going to be the next step. I personally want to get into real estate for from an investing perspective. At a young age, my parents always bought a home and rented out the basement. And so I understood the math on that. Oh, okay. So we rent out the basement and I, I think it was like 650 bucks a month. It, pay, it helps pay the, the, the grocery bills and maybe some mm. of the property something and so i understood my mom was a factory worker my dad was a cab driver okay. actually into edmonton stayed there for uh, about six months and then at that time in 1973 1974 the job market in toronto was was just bigger and so he moved to toronto and that's why he settled here in toronto and so um I, I i learned at that age look i renting out properties is kind of interesting and, and it it makes sense to me so i made the move into real estate when i was 23 and, and and then I got into helping people buy their own home, investing, selling the home, 
And I, I partnered up with a mentor at that time who's who's now passed away a couple of years ago this September. He taught me everything he knew. And I was under his wing uh, for, you know, the first three years or so. Like I was really learning how to how to invest how, how did to you, help. how did how did you cross paths with with your mentor how did that how did that happen this is a big My man, this is a big topic yeah, yeah so it, uh, this one because I was looking for it and and I'll tell you what I mean by that so I got into the business in real estate uh, joined a real estate company like everyone does uh, a yeah. bigger brand and at that time I was there for about three months I'm 23 years old took a beating on those first three months I was taught uh-huh. how to cold call and door knock the training, the best training. And I, and I don't blame the guy at that office at that time because he was just older. I think he was like 70 or so. He was about to <laughs> lose business. Yeah. The best training I could find, was he's like, when you're cold calling, start in the middle, in the M's and the N's because most realtors don't make it that far when they start at the A or the Z's. Ah. And that was kind of like the best training I got. Ooh. Didn't work well for me. Um, because I'm not a cold caller. I'm not a pushy sales guy. That's not who I am, right? And so just about to go back into car shows where I did quite well uh, for, for, for two and a half, three years. And I get a fax at that time. And 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 so, about, again, almost coming up to 15 years ago, fax machines were still in. And it was a fax that mentioned, hey, a free business development seminar. I go see it. And this guy happens, the speaker happens to pick on me um, out of about 100 people. And I go see him the next day and I say to him, look, I know you're selling a coaching program. It's my last, I think he was selling it for like 2,500 bucks uh, for the year. I go, it's my last 2,500 bucks. I'm going to give it to you, but please just don't lie to me. Like, just <laughs> tell me what to do. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I have to clean your toilets. I will because I really want to succeed. And I'm not expecting this to all happen in a year. Like, I'm patient. I'm young. I'm okay. Like I got mm. lots of time. And he goes, mm. Jazz, look, the good vibe you and I have, similar to like you and I now, right? And, and he goes, look, let's just forget the the coaching. Join my team, and I'll really, really teach you what I know. He's at that time was doing it for 25 years himself. Simon uh, Janini is his name. Mm. Um, and 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 so him and I, I was under his wing, like I said, uh, for for the first about three to four years. And that's it, man. He taught me everything. Then I became his partner. We got we brought on a third partner for the last decade. We've been managing this team of thirty-two realtors. And uh, as you said in the intro, and I appreciate it and thank you for the for the shout out. We are the number three team in Royal LePage, Canada. Uh, and uh, yeah, we help facilitate about six hundred and fifty transactions, man, a that's year. Gr- that's great, man. That's that's amazing. So you so you said a few things. So everybody who's listening here, if we can unpack, so. The number one thing that stands out was the skills that you took from each one of your paper route, CIBC, um, car sales, and then you, while you reverse engineered them, cleaned them up, and then put them into what you're doing right now. That being said, when you when you talk about you know humility, you basically went to a mentor and said like I'm willing to do whatever it takes, right? What do you think about the generation now coming into the business world? Because some people say, well, there's some entitlement or, you know, I don't want to work for free because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm above that. Whereas you're like, no, no, like if I can get into the room with somebody who can, who is where I want to be, I'll I'll get into the room and I'll wash the room for them. You know, how does that shift? Do you think that comes from your home, your, your upbringing from your parents? Do you think that's somewhat, you know, inside of you to begin with? And if that's not, you know, and kind yeah. of, you know, you can speak to yourself, but kind of play the devil's advocate here. Like if, if you didn't have that, can you accrue that skill 
or or what's some things that you know listeners that are listening could do to just kind of get them in that room with those specific people which ties into yeah. how you do that so well you have you've had great guests you've been in the room with the Garys and the you know you had the, the one lady from million dollar listing I can't remember her name for Crazy. Yeah, fantastic. You know, you've had some really cool people. And what I notice on your face when you're dealing with these people, <laughs> and everybody can go check out the videos, you're genuinely excited to be in the room <laughs> with these people. You don't even try to be co- too cool about it. You're like, oh, I'm here. I- I- I'm, yeah. I- I'm like, you're, you're smiling. And you can tell. Like, they, and they feel that energy, you know, and there's that humility. So uh, could you just, you know, shed a little bit of light on all of that? It's it's a 26-part question, but... That's the way I do things. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate you noticing that. It's the same that I feel now. Like I'm so blessed for you to want me on the podcast. Like I don't forget these things and, and and I don't take them lightly. The fact that like you wanted me on your podcast. And even if it was your first one, I would, I would be so feel so blessed to be on your first episode, let alone how many you've done and the Mm. guests that you've had. And that's why when I have guests on, on my podcast, you're right. I can't hide it. I am, I am excited. So I don't try to tone it back. I do think my humilities have did come from my parents, to be honest with you. I'm, I, I'm one of three, uh, three, uh, sons, two older brothers, always a healthy reminder that you're closer to the bottom than you are to the top. When you have two old brothers, um, over, over loved me. If that, if that even exists, I mean, the two older brothers watched me, uh, uh, watched over me at all times. My dad worked a lot. He was a cab driver. Um, and, and my mom was a factory worker and like my mother who, who still doesn't really know the language well, because she didn't even try to proactively learn it. She just went to the factory, worked on the assembly line um, for 25 years or something. And, and, and so when I think about where I am now, it's like, wow, like how far we've come, but it all started with them. And so when I got an opportunity to sit with someone who was going to teach me, there was humility in that. But the other part, Ryan, was I was so hungry. Like mm. I really wanted more. Um, yeah. I felt like w- with car sales, I hit a ceiling, especially in the car sales business. Like generally speaking, car sales or so car salesmen and cars like women in the business, you're, you're probably not do- like six figures, kind of a hundred, hundred and twenty is kind mm. of the ceiling, especially yeah. when I was there. Those guys were there for. 13, 14 years. And I just said, look, man, I don't want to be doing this in 14, 15 years. Still my favorite, one of my favorite jobs and businesses in the world. I love the car business. It's it's one of the most exciting people come to you, the the, the characters in the dealership, the mechanics and the parts people like amazing. But for me, there was just a ceiling. So I always wanted more in terms of entitlement. I see it in, in, in some of the, the younger people, like the millennials, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I also yeah. see I also see the other side of it. I have a copywriter and a and, and, and a uh, part-time videographer. I have a, my full-time guy. He came on not as an intern, but my part-time videographer and my copywriter. They pretty much came on as interns, unpaid. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also seeing the other side. Like they're not all the like. Look, I mean, there's people who are 60 that are still very negative and cynical, but there's people who are 60 who are very positive and have tons of energy. It's no different in the in that age group of 20 to 30. I mean, my copywriter came to me and said, Jazz, I'll work here for six months, seven months. Don't pay me a penny. Let me show you what I got. And, and mm. then now I'm full time. My part time videographer, Keegan, who's 
uh, taping our conversation now was like, look, man, I don't care what you pay me. Like, let me just get my foot in the door. Mm. So anyone listening or watching, look, you might need to make 50 connections and 50 outbound calls and emails, mm. DMs, LinkedIn messages, Facebook messages to reach out to people and say, look, do you mind if I do some work for you for free and let me show you what I got? Mm. And then, and, and, and you might go and nothing might come out of it. And mm. but at least you're you're working in the field that brings you most pa- the most passion mm. and the most happiness. Like I and I and, and I and I know I could just see and feel the energy from you again, Ryan. That you would do this stuff for free. In fact, mm. some of it you probably do. Mm-hmm. And one hundred percent. You know what I mean? My podcast. My podcast essentially makes me no money, zero money. Exactly. I don't. You know, I, I I took on my first uh, advertiser, which is Jordana Goldless. She's in Toronto. She runs JG Criminal Law. She's, uh, I mean, she's like, her whole vibe of, she's she's one of the best criminal defense. And I love her opening line is, I only deal with guns, drugs, and murder. And, you know, I I had her on, and and literally I seen her come down my Instagram one day. And I couldn't believe, you know, she's got these sleeve tattoos, does not look like this, you know, stereotypical lawyer. She has a, a lot of like you can tell she's got a, a certain warmth about her, but that street vibe. I just loved her whole vibe, and I reached out to her. She, do you remember? You must have heard about that Bruce MacArthur case, right? Uh, about yeah, the serial sure. killer you guys have. I got a sick yeah. obsession with true crime, but she was okay. commentating just like you reached out to me. I reached out to her and said, "I just want to have you on my podcast." I, I had no reason why. I just said, "Love your vibe." got back to me and i i kind of thought i don't know if she will like she's she's she really well does well in what she does but you know i took her on as an advertiser and it was it was it was a heavy thing for me because i've had so many people reach out but again you know it's they have to understand the whole goal of the show and i, and I didn't create the show to come out and start making money with the show i created the show to have a real big impact and i know when you have impact everything takes care of itself in the end anyway and that's where you're talking Sometimes you just got to get your foot in the door. That action alone, if we trace back to all the greats, if they trace everything back, sometimes they simply say, it was that moment I got one foot in the door and they just barricaded through. And 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 that was that. It was, man. Like when I met my mentor at that time, I told him, like in, our, in the real estate business, everyone's looking for, like from a realtor's perspective, when they join someone, they're looking for the highest, split mm. like what so i sell a home um there's the commission that comes in and yep. the brokerage that they're licensed under is going yep. to take a cut and the realtor's thinking about it from the perspective okay so how much am i going to keep i mean i told i told my guy i was like i don't care how much you take like for the first five six ten deals take it all just teach me <laughs> yeah. like, i just want to learn because yeah. i don't understand i don't want to get sued First of all, I don't want to get in trouble. And second of all, I don't know how to get clients because I came from all the other places other than the the paper route where I had to go and and, and get people to subscribe to the Toronto Sun or Toronto Star at that time. Um, Mm. Everything else, they came to me. And so the shift, I, I didn't understand the shift and how to go about it. And I was like, just teach me that take it take it all and we ended up doing a 50 50 split and um i can tell you now like that's made me hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and the connections i now have all because i was willing to give up more than i was getting it's it's you know it's skill uh, you know i like to call it skill equity when you learn a skill the the long-term 
residuals off that skill. You know, that's why I like real estate. You know, I've, I, you know, fun fact, and you know, people on the podcast have heard me tell this story. I come from humble beginnings. I like my hair cut once a week. So at the age of 13, I learned how to cut my own hair. I saved Love the 20, it. I saved the $20 that I would pay for each haircut, which accrued to thousand dollars a year, which over five years was five grand. So at 18, I bought my first shitty apartment condo, flipped it, made some good money on it. And I was off to the sales, but people don't understand. Like, I'm like, well, they're like, well, I have no money. I'm like, that's no excuse. You have money. You know, you might have to start buying that stupid coffee or that's I'm still frugal and cheap to this day, man. Like I, I love great quality things, but even my wife is like, dude, you're on a, you're on a different level. I'm like, well, why would I go buy this when I like, I could buy another apartment for that. Like, I don't understand this. Like, what is it? You know, and that's just the way my mind has always thought. Right. But Kids having kids has changed everything because they they want certain things, but that's okay. But kind of going, <laughs> kind of going back into into what you're saying, you know, that skill equity that people need to understand. Like, yeah, maybe 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 you guys take ten percent more from your realtors that come in than the average broker for the split. But then, what's that ten percent? What are you giving them in terms of skill, knowledge, you know, awareness, marketing materials? And that skill, it's going to live way beyond their work with you guys down the road, but they don't think about that. Especially in today's day and age, like videographers, copywriters, graphic design people, like my videographer is going to cut a video and, and, and I had to have, I had to sit down with him last week and say, his name's Keegan, the part-timer. And I was like, Keegan, how come I'm not, I'm not seeing your name at the end of the video? He said, what do you mean? I was like, why isn't this? directed or produ- I don't even know the actual titles. I was like, sure. but why doesn't it say your name? Like use this platform to get to the next. True. And my copywriter, I'm like, look, there's like anyone who knows me knows I can't write more than a paragraph. Like I don't write even emails anymore. I generally write them in the subject line. Like if you look back to our email, uh, the emails back and forth, Ryan, like they're quick, man. And I'm glad <laughs> yours were really quick because I don't have to read a lot then, right? <laughs> and, 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 and so I'm telling my copywriter, like, look, anyone who knows me knows I'm not writing these blogs. They're my thoughts. Yeah. I'm, I'm the context, but can you please write your name? Because say something happens to me, God forbid, like use the platform while it's here. Use me as a trampoline and, and go to the next place. And, so anyone who's listening and watching, like this in today's day and age with social media and really the internet, um, this thing called the internet, mm. you really can get your word out a lot faster. And so working for free for three months, six months, or even a year, like, like Brian, I mean, you and I would probably go today, even now, I have a team of 32 realtors. I have a support staff of eight people. I have kids. I, I, I have, you know, facilitate the amount of transactions we do. But if Jeff Bezos called me and said, <laughs> for a year, I'm gone. I'm yeah. gone. Because yeah. what I learned in that year from, you know, the top dog in the business world, like I, who cares about the money that I'm losing now? The yeah. value that I will be able to bring over the next decade is going to be a lot more that I can give back to the community. So man, I really hope somebody who's watching and listening, like if you were on the fence after what Ryan and I are saying, like now it's a no brainer. You got to make the jump, just get in someone's wheelhouse and, and learn and, and well, learn. You, and well, well you do. 
but for your copywriter and Keegan, shout out Keegan. When you when you edit this, I understand video editing really really well. I want him to do a I want him to do a um, a jump cut on this so he can be like Keegan. <laughs> but that that being that being said, um, and I like the glossy and blur effect too. But anyways, um, what I like about that is that you are somebody who's in essence you know mentoring your copywriter and videographer to some degree. People who work for somebody else are still sometimes cleansed with this old school way of thinking in which they learned in school. And school, I have a big issue with the with with the curriculum that's being taught in school because it's so damn dated that, you know, our world is moving at the speed of light. But that being said, that they have to understand that they are a brand. If I come to jazz, even as an employee or an intern, I'm going to come to you. With, for lack of better words, my balls hanging out and tell you why my balls are beautiful and shiny and that I take a lot of pride in my balls. And I'm going to say, Jazz, play tape eight, play tape B, play tape C, play tape D. And you're going to hire me, and I know you will. And the only reason you won't is because you're not a confident person and your ego is going to get in the way, and I don't want to work for you anyway. So it's, it's a filter system for me, and it's a filter system for you. And people who are branding themselves, even like I tell people all the time, well, Ryan, I work, I work at a job, job secure, job security is bullshit. There's no job security. If, if a company restructures, you're done. You're lucky if they give you a watch, they probably won't even give you a watch. They'll give you an Apple iTunes card or some bullshit, but that's okay. <laughs> but that being said, you have to understand the equity in which your name. So I look at everything for me as my last name, Ryan Holtz. But what does that mean? What value does that bring to whoever I'm interacting with at any given point? And I know that the bigger the problem I solve, as you know, the more money you make at the end of the day anyway. I go for the big ass problems. I don't want the bullshit problems. Give me the ones that are fucking like hurricanes. Because if I solve yeah. that problem, I'm in the game. Like you, you need me. You need me. Look, man, I have I have a couple of buddies that I grew up with and uh, uh, they asked me too. They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing in terms of like, why are you building up all these other brands and like of other people? And I'm like, man, it's it's a I enjoy it, but mm. I also know the importance of it because the more that I help, like you said, the more that I help bring every single one of my agents, like I, I help them and tell them, like, you need to have your own podcast. You yeah. need to have you need to shoot content you need to a copywriter or you need to write something yeah. and in the real estate business and, and some of my friends will say but jazz then they'll leave you but yeah that's okay man like <laughs> i'm looking for long term like yeah they leave that's okay like yeah. i would rather give that value help them build out like you know my director of sales and marketing laura like she has she she, she likes to write about hey everyone i know you are enjoying this episode as a friendly reminder please leave a review where you are consuming this episode right now i cannot stress how impactful and supportive this is for the show we would really appreciate that also please follow me at ryan holtz one on all platforms if you would like to be a guest or you have any questions or any feedback about the show or would like some information on sponsorship opportunities for your business or for yourself, please email info at ryanholtz.ca. Remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Much love, Team Holtz Squad. You went uh, like 10 steps further. Was there something, someone, I know I can definitely see, see that Gary, you know, Vaynerchuk, that's definitely an inspiration of yours. You know, I know that you go around the internet kind of slicing up 
hey, this person, I really love what they're doing, really love what they're doing, and then you make it your own. But is there one specific instance that you can kind of dial all this back to that said, okay, we got we to gotta create REC. This has to go down. My partner passed away. Uh, uh, one of the three partners passed away September 2017. Uh, and uh, like he just, he, he literally, we didn't expect this. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no signs of it. And uh, it took about three months to get out of that cloud um, because he was not only my partner, he was the mentor. He treated me like a younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I love this guy. And uh, he passes away. And he was essentially the face um, the guy who was on the stage. Um, we weren't into like uh, Instagram and, and Facebook yet, not really doing it consistently, mm. but starting to do some stuff. Um, and and so about three months after, so going right into 2018, I heard about a pod, like I heard podcast, the word, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I started searching it and I started searching it and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like mm. I don't have to be in front of a camera. I'm not that comfortable really, other than if I have some vodkas and, and then, and then I get, I, I get a little bit looser, um, but a podcast, I can, I can kind of jive with that. Like it's, it's like me being on a phone call and yeah. I do 80% of my, my sales are done right from my office at this desk that I'm talking to you from on Zoom or Skype video yep. calls because our investors and our purchasers right across uh, Canada. And so I was like, I'm comfortable with that. Um, and, and so the first eight or nine episodes were just me talking about what you need to do to buy and invest and sell and do it all on your own, like I mentioned earlier. And then I realized, you know what, I can get some guests on because I love leadership. Like I love the Tony Robbins, the Jack Canfields, the Gary Vaynerchuks, the, uh, um, uh, you know, the name, like uh, Simon Sinek's, all these guys. Mm. I learn that way. So I don't, like I mentioned, don't have the formal education, have the personal education. Mm. And you know what? I'm going to have as many of these guys as I possibly can on, or in gals, and, and talk about their story. And hopefully someone listening or watching well, I'll get some awareness. They can be flies on the wall of the conversations that I'm having while I'm learning at the same time. Mm. And and that's when I knew I was on to something because I started to get the awareness. Mm. People were watching. And then I said, okay, let's, you know, just before people started watching, I literally put the camera on so people could watch. Um, and, and I got really comfortable. Um, I have the, the part-time videographer on, on, you know, Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, have the camera on at all times when we record pot. So I'm very, very comfortable in that setting now. I actually enjoy it. I can't wait for it because I learned how much content I can produce from one podcast episode. Well, and also, and also just your daily duties. I mean, just running a business. There's so much you don't even realize what you're saying a lot of the time. It's coming out. It's hard to sit down. Like, you know, you know, you call it a content calendar. Like, what do you want to push out? But, you know, I can tell like you're a guy that's somewhat freestyle, too. Right. I One thing that freestyling for me, buddy, 98%. And I've had some guests on the show that they're completely process driven, but in like a 2019 kind of way. And I admire mm. that because process does allow you to be more efficient. Efficiency allows you to get more done. You know, get more done allows you to have bigger impact, right? I'm a big proponent of mental health and 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 taking care of yourself as well because I feel like 
there's no legendary person out there that didn't have longevity. So if you die, you're done. And we don't want to die because then that's when your work stops, essentially, which is the whole legacy building aspect. That being said, you have these realtors. I, I want to talk about this new generation of business. I'm big on this uniform mentality. So a lot of realtors go out there. They rent or lease a car they can't afford. They lease a suit that they don't even own that was worn by some <laughs> other some other guy that I don't know what I don't even, you know who knows his balls were all over whatever freaks me out. Um, I don't care about how much dry cleaning. There's certain things that are only for me, okay? Yeah. And and my clothing is one of them. <laughs> but that being said. I look at, you know, one thing that caught my eye about you is, and you know, watching some of your guys' videos, you guys don't come across pretentious at all. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I love, man, I, I wear a suit a lot too. And I love that. You know, it's great. I get that. But at the end of the day, you know, I definitely can see that that relatability with clients, customers, depending on who the audience you're talking to, they really look at you differently when you kind of come in, you know, more casual, right? Uh, yeah. That being said, it could also work on the flip side. So how does dress code play for you that you're just in a shirt right now you're not wearing a tie or or I nothing branded. i got it yeah. branded or you see um yeah. and so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wear my brand on my sleeve and my <laughs> chest literally yeah uh, because it now you know i'm on enough videos and podcasts and stuff like that where i want people to start to uh, you know kind of it, it get the brand awareness in yeah. terms of my realtors it's all up to them uh, yeah. it's there really is no strict dress code per se in my office and for the realtors themselves um it's funny um the 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 women on my team they like fashion and so uh, i'm looking at some of the women on my team right now who are outside this room listening to our podcast and and they like to dress up a little bit more Mm. and that's okay with us sometimes they come in with jeans we ask if we have events and they're so good i'm not i haven't had a problem in over a decade i've never had to talk to any of them um you know not not super super ripped up jeans only because our clientele is skewed to be a little bit older um because we deal majority of our real estate is investment real estate but other than that no no profanity on on um uh, like on the shirts and 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 t-shirts and stuff like that but other than that, they're very laid back, man. I, I, I'm a true believer in in if you're comfortable in what you're wearing, literally, you'll be comfortable. You'll be comfortable with what you're doing. If, like if you're not comfortable, yeah. like, you know, I, I stopped wearing ties probably about a decade ago because I just never was comfortable with them. I yeah. do a jeans, dress shirt and a blazer if we're putting on an event sometimes and then depending on the event i might just be in an in an rec shirt because i'm so ultra comfortable in it um it is my uniform now i wear it i do get in trouble by my wife because sometimes <laughs> i come home and out and she's like can you just wear something else i totally forget <laughs> that we have it on you know yeah. it's just one of the little things my media squad they have uh you know some of these guys come in shorts and jogging pants yeah, um, but yeah. in my graphic designer steven he's on vacation now but Shout out to him who does all the all the graphics. This guy comes in shorts and flip flops. He's mm. comfortable. Great. It's it's to me. It's the attitude over the skills sometimes, right? So I'm really caring more about them being comfortable than them being in a suit or needing to be in a suit. But do you think that image plays? Like this is what I'm trying to understand: is that do you yeah. think, given the the you know business the business culture in general in the world today with you know, much more comfortable, as you said. I mean, 
you know, you have billionaires that are just hoodie and jeans, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the, you know, the Steve Jobs that wore the same thing. I don't think it plays like for me personally, I just don't think it does, because I think when I'm speaking to somebody, they're waiting to what comes out of my mouth. I'm very, very confident and I'm training my agents to concern themselves with the body language Ooh. as well as what's coming out of their mouth, Big. not the way that they're dressed, um, especially now going in, in 2019, uh, where I just don't see a lot of people looking at it from that perspective. Like like I said to you, we're seven blocks away from Drake's house um, and his new home that's being built. It's in one of the most uh, affluent areas in, is it in still not? Is it, it's in Bridal Path, right? Is that bang on? Is, is, it, is it still not done? I don't think it's completely. I see boards around it still. The so. name, you know who I like about the, the, he has a certain designer. I can't remember the architect. Fer- What's his Ferris, Ferris, Ferris Rafali. This guy, I, I don't, I, I do not know him at all. But his, the way he brands himself, this guy's yeah. got like the pure mystery thing going down. Like he, but he, it's. I'm like, who the hell is this guy wearing these tight ass pants, man? You know, who's kind of just chilling. And I'm like, I what? I'm on the podcast. I've been yeah. really trying to get him on. I'm, I'm gonna work. I haven't been as consistent with him, to be honest with you, as I've been with others, um, yeah. with other guests that I've been trying to get on. But look, I mean, right down the street at this office, I'm, REC is under Royal Page signature umbrella. Yeah. There's a thousand filters. Yeah. Um, we're number four or five in the whole Toronto Real Estate Board, which is the biggest in North America. Yeah. And multi multi million dollar homes are sold every single day out of this office. And majority of the guys are just in jeans and. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. No, no, I love it. Um, In terms of real estate, people that are trying to enter into real estate, there's so much scam artists. There's so much crap out there. Get rich on real estate. Get my program. Get this and that. There's for me, there's only been three ways to make money. Portfolio, passive and earned income. Those are the only three legal ways, according to the Canadian Revenue Agency or the IRS, that will not get you locked up for creating for creating wealth. Some people have their own ways. I don't want to talk about that. That's their business. But it legitimately into real estate. How does somebody get into real estate? Like, what would you say if somebody says, and I know it depends on their situation, if they have a job and they just want to kind of try to make some money passively, or they wanting to take real estate full time, become a realtor, or do they want to develop like... In your experience through all the years you've been in this business, to come into the real estate game now in 2019, what would be your best door or avenue that you would suggest to people? So I'm a little biased. I'm going to speak about Toronto specifically. Born sure. and raised here. No. <laughs> I truly believe it's one of the best places to invest um, and, and solely on the reason that I'm going to cut you off there. Every every Torontonian is so hyper obsessed with their city. They're like, there is no candidates, Toronto. You guys are all some narcissistic maniacs out there. <laughs> in my opinion, in my opinion. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and here's why though, because there's 150,000 people coming in and we have a huge housing crisis like this is this is getting yeah. really bad now because for the 150,000 people that are coming in we need 50,000 households on a good year we've only done about 37,000 
Um, and so the city is actually making it very, very difficult. And this is not and by any means a political rant. I never go down that path anyways. But it's just the fact that it takes seven years for from application to a uh, the shovel to go into the ground. That's way too long. And we have way too many people coming in. And so knowing that the strategy that I like to implement the most is starting off with mindset is buy and hold long term, because then you're not worried about the quick buck and the ups and downs in real estate because real estate will go up and down, but it generally will always go up over time. And so knowing that, I would probably recommend a small investment of a pre-construction condo, like a pre-built condo. Oh, interesting. The down payment structure is is always 20% as an investor, and it's paid out over a two and a half, three year period. The neat thing with it is that it, it becomes a forced savings plan. So if you don't even have a lot of money right now, but it's forced because once you sign the contract, after a 10-day cooling period, 10-day due diligence period that we have in our province here, you're locked in. And now you got to come up with, so it's 5% within 30 days, 5% in six months, 5% in a year, a year and a half, final 5% when the building gets built. Because it's forced upon you, you'll make those installments. You're taking advantage of price increases over time as well. And then when the building gets built, because of the vacancy rate historically being under 2%, we're sitting under 1% in 2018 Mm. of August. And so we have multiple offers on a daily basis for rentals. So somebody in our average one bedroom of 600 550, call it square feet, with parking is 2450 as we sit here today. Mm. That's going to get worse before it gets any better. <laughs> yeah. The condo, but Toronto, Toronto's, it's crazy, man. I look at the boxes that are getting sold downtown Toronto and the price. I'm like, well, you paid 850 grand for that box? I'm like, does that include parking? They're like, no. I'm like, what? <laughs> downtown right. downtown uh, Toronto right now, parking's at about 120, 100 grand, call it. On an average, geez. it's about 100,000. Yeah. My God, so, eh? so I just shot a video of a, a $14 million penthouse in Hudson Yards in New York. Okay. okay? Yeah. $14 million. Um, you, you divide the square footage. Price per square foot works out to be, I think it's about $3,300, $3,400 price per square foot. In Toronto proper, like downtown Toronto, we are at about $1,200 price per square foot. Yeah. Hong Kong's at $3,500 to $4,000. London's over $4,000 price per square foot. Uh, Paris is up there. Manhattan. Like, we're at, when any of those guys come from outside the country, like, they, they laugh. They say, wow, real estate's on sale here. Because the amount of people we have coming in, it's only going to get higher and higher. It's just a matter of locking in sooner than later. Now, I don't want that to sound like you got to buy now. You buy when it's right for you. And yeah. when you have... You want to make sure you put some money down. But I loved what you said earlier. Like you figured it out. Like you're like, man, I'm just going to stop buying. I'm just going to stop doing uh, paying for haircuts. I'm going to go. Get, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to learn how to fade myself. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, like there's value in that. Right. Or what I see a lot of investors do is look, partner up with other investors, do a joint venture. Owning 25 percent of an investment property is better than zero. Get three other partners, partner up together. And figure it out. Now, is a home an asset or a liability? Think really quick about this. 
Yeah. So if is, is are you living in it? Yes. It's a liability. Oh, see, you know what though? You know how many people would would say it's an asset? It's crazy. You you know your stuff because yeah. they, they 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 jump quick and say it's an asset. That's oh hell! If you're living in it or not? If you're well, living in it or not, right? That's where yeah. I knew you're going to go down the right answer anyway, because that's the biggest question <laughs> after that question. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, when somebody's living in it, I'm like, that's not that's not an asset. It's costing you property taxes, maintenance, mortgage, interest. Like, no, no, no. If you're renting it out, oh, and you're getting some income, oh, well, now yeah. we're talking. It's an asset. This is why I like real estate, though. I'm I'm obsessed with it. We'll, we'll we'll link up when I'm in Toronto. Normally, instead of last year, just with the kids, I'm in Toronto yeah. like at least once a month. So, uh, with oh, clients. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Okay. In 2017, I think I was in Toronto 47 times, man. I was on an airplane 86 times. <laughs> I was in the I was in the Toronto airport three times in one day. Fact. I was coming back from vacation with my family. The air crew that flew us from Toronto to Edmonton was the same ones that brought us back out for my business trip going into New York. And the guy was like, didn't I just see you? So I was in flip-flops and like a Tommy Bahama shirt the one trip. And then I came back with the formal all within like a 10-hour period. It was crazy. Well, I heard, I heard you say Lexus of Oakville. So I figured you do some business with the guys <laughs> no, on West. Oh, no, I actually don't do any with them. There's a guy named Everald Reed that sells cars from uh, okay. Everald, Everald Reed. Really good guy. But I do a lot of some, you know, the TADA, the Toronto Auto Dealers Association, all yeah. those guys. But, sure. um... Jazz, uh, as we wrap it up, man, did you have any questions for me at all? I always love to, to ask the guests if they have any questions for me or if there's any like final yeah. sentiments you want to say or anything like that, man. Look, I, I, I wanted to ask what made you start your podcast? Like what 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 really made you go down the podcast route and not just shooting videos, for example? You know, it's a great question. I, 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 I've always been uh, fascinated with with media. I really love journalism. I love I love telling a story. It's funny because marketing now is becoming sexy and everybody's a social media marketer and a videographer and a content creator and a digital strategist and a bullshit, 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 bullshit. Marketing is simple. Can you get the proper fucking product in people's fucking hands when they don't even know they need it, but make them feel good while fucking doing it? And can you get it done in a nice manner that wants them to come back? If anybody tells you marketing is any different, they're bullshitting. It's the most simplest concept. Don't screw people over. That being said, um, I like media. I wanted to, uh, I had an opportunity to have my own little TV slash radio show. I've done a lot of commentating on TV and radios and stuff like that. Um, but given the nature of traditional media on how it's, you know, just taking a tank, um, I said, you know, I, I want a certain style of show. If I was to go work at a, like a CBC or have like a little, you know, weekly segment, I have a producer telling me what I can and can't say. It's all red taped. And I'm like, wait a sec, bro. You're a marketer. Like, dude, yeah. you can go direct yeah. to your audience like now. Yeah. And, you know, it was a hard where I said, do I want to have a vlog on YouTube and, and really make that my source? Or do I want a podcast? And I do like the podcast because anybody can consume it. It's passive listening. And I don't want to interrupt your attention. I don't like the kind of marketing that interrupts you because now you're going to be pissed off with me. The podcast is always there. I'm always smiling for you. Whenever you want to come back and listen to me, I'm right there. Just press play. Um, and I and I do like the podcast. The podcast for me, though, I've treated much differently than somebody starting a podcast. I've made this like, I, I don't even want to call it a podcast. It's a complete show. It's a show mm. in the sense of 
I'm going to dig deep inside of my guests' minds, ask them really ridiculous, weird questions, and have the audience really get to see other sides of the guests. Because if you look at even you when you get interviewed or, or other guests and they have 10 other interviewers, everybody's asking the same damn questions. I like to really understand, like, I get your professional accolades, but the truth be told is my audience can go and Google you and watch all that shit. I want to understand what you eat for breakfast. I want to know if you're like boxers or briefs. I want to know, you know, do, do you really like vodka or am I being stereotypical and saying you like crown and water? Like, I, I need to know these things. I need to know these things, Jazz. You know, I mean, I grew up with a lot of brown people. I mean, I know the culture really well. My wife is Middle Eastern. You know what I mean? Like, so I get it. I generally have coffee for breakfast. I'm, I, I, I'm a boxer's guy, always have yeah. been, and I do love vodka. <laughs> and, 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 and in terms of being, in terms of the climate of the world in general, do you feel like we're in a good position given what's going on in the United States, what's going on just in the world? Like social media, I don't think is bad. A lot of people say it's it's had a negative impact on our society. I disagree. It's only really broadcasting and amplifying. If you're a dickhead, you're going to come across more of a dickhead with social media. It's the you're same something- with money, right? Same shit with money. Like if you were a dickhead before, uh, uh, now you have money, you're going to become more of it. If you if you were a nice, kind person and now you got money, I think, I think it just kind of brings out your true colors. Um, in general, uh, with, with, with the climate, uh, politically... Uh, uh, around the world and 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 with this it, like what's happening in the states and even in our own country right like um with, with, with you know there's there's some people who love trudeau and people who don't i i gotta really truly truly be honest and authentic with you man i don't spend a lot of time watching and or listening any of that stuff and um i i, I truly believe like none of them are just gonna have an effect on my growth in my little world you know i always reference as a kid that there's a reason my one of my favorite cartoons was Bobby's World because I love the <laughs> opening Harry Mandel's because the opening they used to open up his head and all these people I sometimes like I truly just feel like that right like I'm I'm trying to affect the people in my circle and anyone who kind of comes across my path and I'm not going to let Trudeau or Trump or mm. or Putin or anyone like that affect that and so um you're definitely right with social media we're feeding it like you know, like I, I have a friend who says, man, I can't stand what's in my Facebook feed. Turn it off. <laughs> but but he's also get like, yeah, they have to understand that that algorithm is based on what he's yeah. searching or partaking in. Like, Somewhere else. do you want to know what's so funny? One day, one day I stood up, I was doing a keynote in Vegas and <laughs> I like to give examples. So I, I asked one gentleman, I said, could I have your phone? And yeah. so I said, and I, you know, I kind of felt bad because I should have made the disclaimer of I'm going to go into your Facebook and see. <laughs> All I seen was like midget porn coming down and and his history was terrible. So he got so embarrassed. He's like, I don't know how that got there. I said, well, sir, I want to introduce, I want to introduce you to retargeting and remarketing. You do know I'm a marketing person. I can market to you based on shit you searched, right? (laughs) It it wasn't probably my greatest moment, but man, I I just kind of thought, and if you looked at the, anyway, I I won't get into too much, but it was, it was. It it it, 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 the audience definitely enjoyed it, but man, afterwards, the that that event organizer, I don't think will ever have me back as a speaker. It just was not. It just was not. Not. <laughs> it was awkward. Um, you say some great points as we wrap it up again. I mean, this has been absolutely amazing. So everybody listening, I mean, what Jazz is saying at the end here, I think, is probably one of the biggest points he's made throughout the whole podcast. Is 
He's not really dialed in and focused on what other people are, you know, saying, doing, but taking more of the control into your into his own hands. I love that visual of having a lot of people coming into your brain. I think to, in order to do what you want to do in life, you have to stay focused and you have to be you have to do an amazing job of curating the human beings that you're interacting with on a daily basis. You are what you eat and you are who you hang around with. And that's just the straight up truth. Um, that being said, man. Um, Jazz, how can people reach out to you? And then before you get into that, I have one last question because I think this can uh, be of huge benefit. How do people get access when you're trying to get guests on? Like you had, you've talked to some amazing people. You did the Empathy Wines. You talked to Gary, and you're not just. However, you're getting them. I can tell the interaction is a little different. You're really getting them on a vulnerable type of level. Like they're not. I know they do the whole PR thing and talk to my PR and all this crap. But when you're getting these guests, when you actually get in the door, they're giving you a, a great vulnerability side. How do people who want to get great guests get access? If somebody wants to pitch something to you, how do you like to get pitched to? Like, how do you, how does somebody access you? Are, are you saying just kind of pitch to me personally kind of thing? Pitch to you personally, just in general, the, the concept of pitching, yeah. right? What? Because there's a fine line between annoying the shit out of somebody. <laughs> yes. Being being authentic. Being authentic. And I think that's a mindset thing, starting there. And then what I would tell anybody in sales in general, and if you're getting guests, is following up. Like if Ryan, if you didn't reply back to me as fast as you did, I would have followed up. Now, wouldn't have annoyed the shit out of you. Yeah. I would have followed up. You feel it in your gut. I probably would have followed up within about 45 to 60 days. And yeah. so I'm very, it's, it's how I got Gary. It's how, you know, Empathy Wines was funny because I was with, at their office and asking uh, uh, the, the partners, Nate and John, um, just kind of on the spot. I just came out of nowhere. Any of the million dollar listing guys that I've got, and gal, uh, Tracy, Tracy was probably one of my favorite, just love her till this day. She's so engaging um, and always wanting to talk. But Ryan and Josh Altman, um, I'm working with, uh, uh, Josh Flagg's team as well and it's just it's just consistent follow up man like so I'll DM them and and message them tonight I'll go yeah. home I'll spend some time with my family and then I'm going to spend an hour and a half two hours just messaging <laughs> Good for you. I love it man I love, I love it that's so great it's it just, it just good old fashioned hard work uh, jazz, jazz how can everybody reach out to you uh, what are you about? And, uh, you know, give them all the details so that people listening can can go and uh, go and check you out, man. Uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate you allowing me to do that, Ryan. Thank yes, you sir. again. And I could tell why you wanted to do this podcast. You are definitely I've been on about 10 to 12 podcasts in the last 60 days. And the questions that you brought and the energy that you brought is definitely second to none. And so, you know, I what's really funny, Jazz? You know, what's funny, Jazz? I never, ever get it. I don't have any. I write notes as you're talking. I don't ever put yeah. any pre-scripted questions. I do I my I do my digital deep dive on you. And then I yeah. let the conversation goes where it goes. Thank you for that, man, because it, it, it really brought out my best um, as as you had me on my feet and my toes the whole time, and sometimes <laughs> you can get really, I can get thank really you. robotic about it because I know the question <laughs> that's coming next, but it wasn't that from you. So thank you for that because I think the world and 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 this is going out to the world is 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 going to be thankful for all, all the content that you put out. So thank you for that. Um, in terms of getting to me, look, man, I'm, I'm I'm putting out as much as I as much content as I possibly can for the world to see from a real estate 
entrepreneurship and mm. leadership perspective. I'm doing it on all platforms. The, the, the place to go for my long form content would be youtube.com forward slash REC experience. Mm. And if you want to see my daily stuff personally, just go check me out on uh, Instagram. It's jazz, J-A-S, Takar, T-A-K, H-A-R, number 13, one, three, jazz, Takar, one, three. Um, and that's where you kind of see my daily stuff. That's where I'm majority, I'm putting on most of my content. And if you ever want to get a hold of me um, or anyone on my team from a real estate perspective, it's info, it's info at REC Canada. Dot com info at rec perfect man well thank you for coming on the show everybody who's listening just a friendly reminder please write a review itunes google play stitcher wherever you like to consume your podcasts you know what my spiel is curiosity should always be your mandate jazz man thanks so much for coming on 